This podcast is brought to you by Discounts and Deals, Roanoke's premium deals membership. The membership that lets you support your local businesses, save money, and have fun. Check them out on Facebook at Discount Deals Roanoke, all one word. Like or follow the page to be the first to know when you can become a member this fall. Discounts and Deals are on the way. As far as I'm concerned, What's good, people? You are now listening to, as far as I'm concerned, it's your boy Reese Ross, and across from me, I have sitting here the beautiful Miss April. April, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I've been trying to get you on here for a long time since you were actually one of the first people I thought about, just because I know some of the things you've done, but other people want to hear that, and some people might be trying to do the same thing or along the lines of the same thing, so... That's one of the reasons you're here. Well, thank you. So, what we'll start with is I'll let people I'll let you tell people who you are and kind of what you do, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Well, April Vise, my name. Um, I have a clothing brand called Vixen. So, as a fashion designer, I basically have a vision, or I'm inspired by something. And I will sketch it out, create a pattern for it, get to the sewing machine, and that vision comes to life. And at that point, I seek out fashion shows or people who have seen my work in the past will call me and ask if I would like to show my collection or however many pieces. Sometimes these shows have a theme. And so let's say the theme is... um, the ocean so you know you kind of create your designs based on my vision or your vision of what being at the beach is about or being underwater or something like that it's kind of it's a lot of fun so how long have you been doing the fashion design I've been doing this since 2016 but before I even got to this point my mother taught me to sew so I was around 13 when she taught me to sew, but it wasn't a sit down type of, let me teach you how to sew. She sewed for the community, for the church, for different people. And she could be in the kitchen cooking or something like that. And I would come in the kitchen getting ready to go outside and she would say, hey, while I'm over here frying this chicken, can you <laughs> sew this sleeve on before you go outside? And I didn't realize at the time that I was learning how to sew. You know, right. I would kind of just half-ass put the sleeve on so I could get outside. <laughs> but then, you know, she would circle back around and check my work and say, you know, not so fast. Let's take this apart and let's put it on correctly. So that's really how I got started. But I kind of held on to it for a long time because I just assumed everybody could sew. Right. And I never really did too much with it except I would make myself clothes for work here and there. And then, you know, as my children were born, I would make baby clothes, different things like that. But one day somebody called me and they said, hey, um, there's a guy in town who is looking for fashion designers. And at that point, I didn't consider myself a fashion designer because all I ever did was just make myself clothes, you know. So 
I said, well, you know, let me sit down and sketch out a few things. And, you know, I went to the fabric store, got some fabric to kind of paste onto this vision board that I was going to take to this audition. So, you know, I went to the audition the next day and the guy was really, he was really impressed. And I think I was shocked that he was impressed because, again, I thought everybody could sew. But it just kind of developed from there. You know, he said, well, you know, I'm doing a show in a couple weeks. Do you just want to show two or three pieces? And that's how it got started. So that night I showed those three pieces. The crowd loved it. And I think I was bitten by the bug at that point because I've been going ever since. I was going to ask, how did that feel when when you seen other people other than family and stuff react to what well, you were able to do? Well, it was crazy because... One of those pieces was a bathing suit, a bathing suit with the mesh cover up. And when that model went on stage, which happened to be my daughter, because I didn't have any models at the time. So I used my two daughters and um, my oldest, she put on the bathing suit and she put on the little mesh see-through cover up and she walked out on stage. <laughs> I'm standing behind the curtain. I didn't know if they were cheering because of her. And what she had on, because she's pretty thick and curvy. Right. Or if they were cheering because they outfit. And the reason why I say that is because the club, that club is um, the park here in Roanoke. So that particular night, this was, um, I didn't know that the crowd was gays and lesbians. Right. And for the record, let me say, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> it's bad um, that you have to even explain that. <laughs> But I didn't know, and and I, and I don't care. But when I got there is when I found out because I was backstage with transgender and, you know, different folks making up their faces and tucking and taping. And, you know, it was a new environment for me because I'd never been in that, you know, before. So I didn't really know how the crowd was going to react. I really just didn't know my audience. And right. that's the one thing that I find is important. Um, when you do a show is to sort of know who your audience is, not to tweak your designs, always just put it out there as you envision it. But that can kind of help you understand like what's going on in the crowd. Yeah. got to know who you're playing. Yeah. To. Yeah. So when she walked out on the stage and they started screaming, I was like, well, is that my design or are they just screaming for her? Um, but it was, it was pretty cool. And to me, that was a, that was a plus that was, it was enough to make me say, Hey, you know, I might be on to something here. And so from there, I went home and I started planning. Um, I want to do fashion shows. Right. Yeah. That's cool. So after that first one, um, how long was it before you went to another one with, you know, some built up confidence from what happened at the first well, it one? It took me a few more times to do it before I really started developing some confidence. Like that first one, yeah, it gave me some confidence, like, hey, I might be on to something. But, you know, I was still developing. And what I mean by that is, you know, I can create a piece. But what if somebody wants to buy it? Did I finish the inside of that garment? Right. And at the time, back then, I didn't finish the inside of the garment because it's you think of it as like a pilot piece. You're just showing the audience what you can create or what you can make. Because typically these models are like size zero, size two. And that's not your average size person. Right. 
So I at, back then I was just creating the piece just to show you what I can make if you're interested in me making a design or something specific for you. But then as you know, you go along and the fashion shows become sponsored by well-known brands, you then have people who want to buy those pieces right off the runway, right? off that model right so you do want those pieces finished but to answer your question after that first one i continued to work with this guy for a while so it was probably a month after that first one where i did the next one now what was so significant about this one and i will never forget this one um they had it set up at a hotel up in a ballroom and he had invited other designers so I walk in, the first time it was just me and one other person. I walk in and it's like six other people. And I I knew I had something unique and different because I've always been called quirky. <laughs> so I knew, no. that I, <laughs> I knew that what I had to show wasn't going to quite look like what most people are accustomed to seeing. But there was one woman there, and I've been meaning to tell this story to her, so perhaps when she hears this, she'll know that I'm talking about her. But she she came into the room. She politely spoke to everyone, but she kept to herself, and she just pulled these garments out of her her bag, her, I mean, they were gorgeous. And I remember sitting across the room, watching each piece come out thinking I need to go back to the drawing board. I mean, she, her pieces were so well sewn and completely finished. I realized that I can no longer just create a piece unfinished just to show you what I can make. I needed to take it from start to finish. And that was one of the things my mom had always taught me to do, but I didn't think my mom really knew what she was talking about. None <laughs> you know, of us you do. You think your mom is stupid. Nobody back thinks then. their parents know what they're talking about. <laughs> but as she pulled each gown out and put it on the model, I remember feeling envious and I felt less than because I wasn't fully prepared and I could have been. And here is someone showing me what I should have known to do. Right. And, um, I mean, the crowd loved her pieces, loved her pieces. And I just remember feeling so just low, like this is what you get for half-assing. So from that day on, I said, you know what? I'm going to redeem myself. And I used her as my my goal. Like I created a competition in my mind against this woman, even though she didn't know anything (laughs) about it. And I was like, every fashion show that she shows up, at I need to be at that show because I I need to make sure that my clothes look better than hers. (laughs) And that became my drive for like about a year. And then it got to the point where that just became so silly to me. Like Mm -hmm. you're in competition with someone who doesn't even know you're in competition with them. And that's when I realized what I'm showing and what she has to show are two different things. Even though she creates wedding gowns. I do my own version of wedding gowns, but mine are non-traditional because Vixen is this, in my mind, this brand. It's for, it's not for everybody, but it's for a woman who wants to feel a certain way. I always say Vixen is about a mood. It's about a woman's mood. Let's say you have date night with your significant other or you're going out with the girls or you want 
to wear something edgy, um, sexy, but not selling sex. That's what the brand is to me. And when I create these pieces, I create that with, with that in mind. Let me ask you, what was, do you remember what the, the first piece that you sold was? The first piece that I sold, I don't remember. I remember it wasn't just that one piece. It was almost half of that collection. Okay. Um, so I remember showing that center in the square. That was the first fashion show that my mom actually came to. And I was so excited because she taught me to sew. And I wanted her to see what the world what my world of fashion looked like because when she was sewing, this was like back in the seventies or whatever, women didn't have the same opportunities that they have now. So, you know, she was restricted to the church, the community, you know, they didn't have, well, at least from my point of view with her having five children, single mom, uh, she just didn't have the opportunity to, really get out there and show people what she could do. So to have her there at that show was everything to me. And each piece that walked the runway, I checked her expression just to see. And she just sat there and quietly smiled. And, you know, that even though those pieces sold, what I mostly remember about that day was the expression on her face. And sometimes that's all you Yeah, I was seeking the approval of her because she was the master at it so that not really remembering the first piece I sold but remembering the show that those pieces sold at if that makes sense so as you progress you know started started getting better at your craft honing it in a little bit more was there ever a point where you started kind of doubting the direction you were going yes And, Didn't have to think about that one at all. Huh? And, I, and I still do that, even to this day from time to time, because we have so many distractions just in the world in general. Right. And Vixen, again, is is a non-traditional brand. So a lot of times the audience is not receptive of what's coming down the runway. Because I will do a lot of pieces that are see-through of course, the main parts are always covered, but it's suggestive. Right. And depending on where your mind is, you can either take it there or you can see it as art form. In- see it for what it really yeah. is. So, gotcha. you know, you, you do get, you do put yourself out there for a lot of criticism and, and you do get a lot back. You get a lot of feedback about, I didn't really like that her butt cheeks were hanging out or um, I don't like that it looks like I could see her nipple or it just depends on where you are. Because when I go North, that's just the norm. Mm-hmm. No, it, nobody blinks an eye or anything. But when I seem to, when I show something here in Roanoke and Roanoke is a different animal. Oh my gosh. Eyebrows are raised. People are looking at it out the corner of their eye. I mean, <laughs> just acting crazy. But before my mom passed, the one thing that she told me, She said, you know, I don't always agree with everything that you do, but you have to do what's in your mind, what you envision. You have to put it out there. You were given a gift and you have to put it out there. Everybody's not going to like it, but you're doing it for the people who do like it. And so that's what you have to focus on when you get that negative feedback. 
I don't think I've been to a couple fashion shows here years ago. Um, one of my uncles, that was his thing. Mm-hmm. And I can remember different designers bringing their stuff out. And I can remember thinking, I didn't like half, and this was <laughs> men's clothing. Right. And I didn't like half, like half of it. I was like, why? But yeah. as I got older and he he did a lot more of them and I would go just to be going, I started realizing, well, the only way you're going to figure out what's going to work is if you put it in front of people, right. good or bad. That's the only way you're going to figure it out. Right. But then now, like I said, this has been years ago, but now not necessarily the exact design, but elements of the stuff that I was like, why on earth would you wear that? Now I see that stuff. And, you know, other brands and stuff, but it's still the same element. It is. And basically what I've learned about fashion and what I'm still learning about fashion is that it just keeps repeating itself. It's just, oh, yeah. It's just tweaked a little bit differently. Decade to get a uh, decade, you'll see something from the 80s right. pop up. Well, does it probably every 10 years, mm-hmm. something from 10 years ago will pop up again. Because if you think about it, how many more ways can you create a shirt? Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you can put one sleeve on, take one sleeve off, you short sleeves, long sleeves, you know, one shoulder. I mean, there's you only have a certain amount of variation. So now you have to get creative with color and the way that it's constructed or you really have to start tweaking the fabric and folding the fabric differently to make it look like something new even though it's the same thing right you just there's nothing new under the sun with fashion you just got to come up with a a fresh approach to present it to the audience so as you're pushing forward did you run into i guess the best way to put it is did you run into a lot of uh rejection from trying to reach whatever goal you had set for for yourself at that time here in roanoke yes the trend seems to be what everybody is wearing. So let's just, I'm for instance, and and nothing negative towards the brand North Face, but let's just say everybody's wearing North Face jackets. Mm-hmm. If I'm not making something that's similar to a North Face jacket, it's almost like nobody is paying attention. No one wants gotcha. to take a look. But then there is this amazing um, crowd of people who, who, flock towards what I do and they love it and they get it because it represents who they are. And and you always have a group of people who um, walk to the beat of a different drum Absolutely, and they're comfortable with that. And so those are the people that I design for. Those are the people who get it. I, I can put it out there and I don't have to explain it. I can come out and tell you what my inspiration is, but they, they get it. And that is my drive. But you know what? Those are also usually the people that bring back styles from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And like you said, tweak it a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's popular again. That's usually those same people it that's is. different from everybody else. And you else. have to pay attention to um, what's moving like on the street, you know, because, you know, someone could take a pair of jeans and flip them inside it inside out and that becomes the next trend so your thing is trying to stay ahead of the trend because you can kind of see it forming and developing yeah so if you jump on it right then and there create it but put your spin on it 
You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, make it yours yeah. for sure. And then that's where I seem to have the most success. But I still take it to the that extreme that I envision sometimes. It's like I can wake up in the middle of the night and I keep a sketch pad right there on my bed. And um, I'll sketch it out and go back to sleep when I wake up. In the morning, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I forgot I did this. Yeah, you will forget <laughs> if you don't sketch it out and write it down. So, you know, I'll make that piece. And like I said, I may not hear from anybody about this particular piece. And I'm still selling pieces that I made like four years ago. Yeah. And back then, what you have to realize that this is a very, you have to be very patient with this. Because in my mind, I'm excited about it. I'm like, yes, they're going to love it. I, this is my favorite piece. And nobody asks about it. The piece that I spent the least amount of time making or putting effort into seems to always be the piece that everybody wants. And it's like, so you don't know. So in order to stay true to yourself, you just make what you envision. You just have to stay true to yourself. Do what you envision and don't create pieces that you think the crowd would want. You're going to miss the mark every single oh, yeah. time. Yeah, so that's what I'm learning. Do me. Do what I envision. Put it out there. It may not sell this year. It may not sell next year. It may be three years before somebody comes looking for it. Because, again, I am creating unique pieces and only one. So if you like it, grab it. Because once it's gone, that's it. Now, I know we were talking about this earlier with my merch for this podcast, but have you, and I'm sure you have, had the experience of just being out in public and seeing one of your pieces? Yeah, and it's um, it's kind of like a deer being caught in headlights <laughs> because you remember when you created this piece. You remember when, you know, you set up, late nights making this piece or it could be as simple as creating um, a graphic t-shirt yeah and um let's say i usually will do like about 50 and so i'm out somewhere in a grocery store and i'll see somebody walk past me with a vixen t-shirt on and i'm thinking who is out there creating vixen like i know i have that name reg i know that's my name and then you like oh my goodness that's my shirt that's one of mine. <laughs> oh my gosh but you know it, it's like a, a delayed reaction because you're like you see it but then you're like i don't know that person right right and i'm the only person that they could have bought that from so but then you know you start smiling to yourself because you're like you know what you, i'm so busy creating pieces and trying to get to the next thing i don't think about what i've already done up to this point so then when you see those pieces out there that's when you just kind of slow down and just take a look at your accomplishments and you just kind of try to stay in that moment for a minute and just you know pat yourself on the back it's like hey you know it's it's, catching it's hard on. not to do too <laughs> it, it, i mean even for me like i said when when i went somewhere and seen multiple people wearing something of mine it took a few minutes to register okay if nothing else these five or six people like what I'm doing. Yes. And, and, and that's enough. That's really enough. Like for me, just to know that there's one person out there who likes it. And what I'm finding is generally it is somebody that I do not know. Yes. Because you have so many 
friends and well wishers. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends I have on Facebook, but I can count on maybe one hand how many of those friends have actually bought something from right. me. Most of my sales have come from people that I don't know. They've come from people at fashion shows who have bought the pieces right off the runway, people who um, inquire through Shopify and ask questions. And I'm always blown away because I'm thinking, how are you in Hawaii? And you, where did you see this? And then you think back to like all the marketing and things that you do, you don't necessarily get to see who that gets marketed to. But then when you see the sales come in and you get to see at least the the city and the state that is coming from, it's like, wow, that's amazing. And yeah. that's your that that's your drive. You like, okay, somebody out there is watching who is ready to buy from me. And there's a lot of money out there to be made. You just gotta get your product out in front of people and for me, that seems to be the hardest because I focus on creating the pieces. Marketing, it is not really my forte. So I'm having to pull other people in. And as a result of that, the, the brand is starting to grow. Well, that's good, though. I mean, it's it again, same thing with this podcast. I can see where somebody's downloading from being city, state, or in this case, country. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of downloads in the Philippines and I'm like, well, I ain't never been there. So, but the downloads are consistent. So somebody's consistently listening to it. Mm -hmm. And then I just think to myself, well, I mean, that's way out of what I had in mind for this point, but apparently somebody there is listening to it. And it's the audience really that takes your brand to the next level. Yeah. You know, because I feel like I've just, been on a plateau just doing what I do for so long it's not until just recently that I decided to you know what let me up my game you know before it was the woman who had the wedding dresses that made me feel like you know I wasn't giving it my all right but now that I've had some successes I see that you know what if I want to get to the next level now is when I'm going to have to come out of my comfort zone again. So this is what I'm doing. I'm trying new things, um, new techniques that I would have shied away from before. Mm-hmm. But now that, I've, like you say, I've had some successes, it does build your confidence. And it's like, you know what? I know that this over here works, but there's still a whole world that I haven't tapped into. Let me try that. So I feel like the more you create the more creative you become. So up till now, what's been Vixen's pinnacle show that you've done so far and what's what's the next level that you're trying to get to um from there? The pinnacle show was two weeks ago. That was Charlotte Fashion Week. That took everything that I had known up until that point to the next level. And I say this because of the level of sponsors, you know, you have big names out there like Lamborghini and um, Tito's Vodka and Nordstrom. And that is for me a big deal because I would love to be approached by Nordstrom to say, Hey, you know, I saw this 
particular red coat on the runway, we would love to take that manufactured and sell it in our store. So that's an ultimate goal for me to see my brand sold in one of the bigger name stores. Also, my other goal would be to see a Vixen gown on the red, the red carpet in Hollywood to have a celebrity or someone well known to wear one of my designs. So, right. Yeah, because they always ask, who are you wearing, that type oh, thing. Oh, and then, yeah, that, you know. But up until now, recently was Charlotte Fashion Week, and they were so organized and um, so receptive, and the photographers and the models and the the other fashion designers that you meet. At this level, it's not a competition. Before I... I I always made things a competition because I was an athlete. Everything was a competition, you right. know. But crossing that over into what I'm doing, it cannot be a competition. You will burn yourself out doing that. You have to get in your lane and you have to stay in your lane and do what you do. Because you do see other designers who have some amazing pieces and there is an urge to think I could create that piece. But does that fall in line with the brand? Yeah, that I mean, might take away from what you're really trying to exactly. do. Exactly. And when you are trying to recreate what someone else does, you're not being authentic to yourself. And that kind of goes to, from time to time, I'll get a phone call or a message. Hey, can you make a Carolina jersey for me? The answer is no. That's not what I do. And that's falling along the lines of fraud, you know, yeah. you know, you can go to Joanne fabric and they have all the teams you could possibly want, you know, in the way of fabric, but am I misrepresenting the Vixen brand? Vixen is not Carolina. Not you only that, I mean, is that what you want to be known not, for? No, you don't want your name attached to that. There's nothing more restrictive than somebody asking me to create a piece for them, but then they want to tell me exactly how they want it done. So right. it's like, you probably should buy off the rack at that point because I would like when someone asks me to make a piece for them to trust me. Of course, I'm going to ask you, you know, what elements you want in that particular design, but will you trust me to put my own spin on it? Yeah. That's where I find the most joy and that's where I find you will get the most bang for your buck because it's authentic. But if you're asking me to create something that's already out there, I'm first going to tell you no, and then I'm going to explain to you why. So what's your what's your vision for the next level that you're trying to get to? Or the next achievement, I should say. The next achievement. Other than being on as far as I'm concerned podcast. <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> that's going to be hard to top because this is my first one. So, yay. Oh, well. Yes, I, I do feel honored that you asked. My next is to, like I said, get a Vixen piece in a high-end store. So that means I have to fine-tune my skills some more. I have to learn new techniques because there are so many people out here who can design, who can sew. And I mean, in that instance, that does become competition. So I have a question mm -hmm. because I don't know. So when you create something, let's say, let's say it's a prom dress. Okay. So when you create that, if you are able to get it into a high-end store, does that mean at that point that you have to 
um, turn that design over to somebody else to have it uh, manufactured in multiples versus you just doing each one. Yes. So does that worry you at all that what you create is not going to be recreated the way you want or is that not really an issue? Because it hasn't happened to me yet, I don't really know what it all entails, but what I've gathered just by research and just talking to other people, you do have some options there. One would be they take a prom <clears throat> dress that I created. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask me for the pattern. Okay. So I give them that pattern, then they can duplicate that. And they can do it on, um, uh, uh, they can do it quickly because they have the seamstresses to produce that piece. You know, they can put it on a production line, so to speak. Yeah. And have that dress out in stores in a matter of a week or, or better, you know, selling to many. In that case, I can either sell that pattern to them, sell that dress to them and take a lump sum, or I can say I want a percentage of the sales. Gotcha. So you you do have some options. I'll take either. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> you can give me a little bit or you can give me all of it, but I want some. <laughs> just, just put the dress in the store, you know. That's really what I want to see. Being that that was my mom's, one of her last dying wishes for me was to, she said, April, continue to sew, continue to be authentic. It will work. So in your mind, how far, if you had to give a time frame, how far are you away from that happening? I'm ready now. (laughs) And I say that because now when I prepare for a fashion show, you can flip that garment inside out and it's going to be finished. Right. So if you were to buy that piece off the runway, it's ready. It's, it's ready to wear. In my mind, there's always going to be something else that I can perfect. You know, whether it's, let's say I, I couldn't do buttonholes well. It's time for me to get those buttonholes really neat and just perfect as possible. Or it could be something... I'm putting in a zipper. Let's say I wasn't good with putting in zippers. I need to make sure that because the higher up you go, they're going to look at that. They're going to look at the, the threading to see if your machine is skipping stitches. You know, people are willing to pay money, but it needs to be worth the money that they're paying. Right. It's got to be right. Right. So for me, I don't really feel like you can always, I don't feel like you ever really get to the point of perfection because you see another designer's work and you like, shoot, I thought I was there, but this person, I had to go back to the drawing board and I got to fine tune. Right. I should at least be able to do this. Yeah. So it it is staying humble because there's always someone who's better. Oh, absolutely. Not that their work is better, but their craftsmanship might be better. You know, somebody would maybe pick their work over yours because it looks like they cleaned their garment up. A little bit better than you did right so right. i always feel like i'm ready but i always know that there's still more work to do is to never get comfortable or complacent do you do i'm trying to think of the term for it have you ever done like i guess what would be kind of like a pop-up shop with some of your designs i have not done that yet and i was given the opportunity back in 2018 i did richmond fashion week 
I was actually the featured designer and I didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it until the day of the show. And, you know, they usually give you a lineup of designers, usually number one to number 10 or 16. Number 16 being their work is a little bit better, a little more finished than number one, typically. But sometimes they just kind of throw it in there. But that particular day, and I didn't know this at the time, so I'm sitting backstage waiting, and it's taking forever. So I find the coordinator, and I say, hey, why why do I have to go last? And he was like, dummy. <laughs> it's because you're the featured designer. And I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. He was like, now, take your ass back over there and sit down somewhere. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I couldn't get myself together. I'm, my eyes are watering. But what that taught me in that moment is be patient. Right. Be patient. Do the work because you never know when that opportunity is going to present itself. And you always want to be ready. So, yes, I'm always ready as best as I possibly can be with the skills that I have now. But I'm always working on what my weaknesses are because I I want it. I'm so hungry. I want that gown on that red carpet. And for me to see that happen is really a win win for me and for my mom. Because like I said, she didn't get this opportunity, so she took the journey with me, and she was just proud of every step. And she had so much insight and advice to give me. If I got stuck on something, I could say, you know, I don't quite know how to, you know, get this pleat in there. And she'd be like, oh, you just turn it inside out and do blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, why didn't I think of that? You know, <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. And like, so, you know, she wasn't formally trained, and neither was I. You know, she taught herself or someone taught her and then she taught me. So right now, because of that, what I'm having to do is do my homework. Let's say someone says, you know, April, you need to just put a blind stitch down the the backside of, of that gown. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a blind stitch is. I just make it happen. So what I'm having to do is go in and learn the terminology since gotcha. I wasn't formally trained. And I did think about... Um, going back to school or going to school to get a degree in fashion merchandising or something along those lines just to educate myself on what I wouldn't get otherwise. Right. So right now I'm seeking out different universities or schools that can provide that. Parsons, of course, in New York is one that I would love to attend, but I better also come up with the cash too. (laughs) Well, the fortunate thing is there's a lot of different avenues to achieve that same thing without having to physically go attend. Right. But you can still get the the same type of information that you're wanting. And And that's what I've been doing. I mean, you can learn so much just off of YouTube. You can YouTube just about anything and learn how to do it. And, you know, I could take courses here and there. So for me, however way I need to learn it, that's what I need to do to get to the next level. Because at some point, I'm going to need to know that terminology. It's been enough to get me to this point right now because I've just been making the pieces and putting it up for sale. But you let these bigger names start approaching me. I better know what that means. So, A little pop-up thing. is a, I, I know two people that I'm thinking of off top that, that do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll just pick an event that matches whatever it is that they make and sell and, you know, go through whatever channels to be able to do it. 
and it's literally they literally sell out pop up a shop right there at that event and generally sell out everything they have but the other thing that it does is number one people are buying it so people like it but it also draws other people to it to where people are asking when you're going to do it again or Mm -hmm. where can I find this if it's not at one of these stuff like that so well you know that's not that's I never really thought about it along those lines. That's what I'm here for. Yay! Yeah, because I'm going to put that on the list and seek out events. You know, you get so absorbed into what you do that the world kind of passes you by if you don't have somebody to say, hey, April, what about this? What about that? So I will definitely look for events to do that. The one person I know, they they don't do fashion, but uh, she will wait or not wait when... Uh, like little fairs and stuff kind of, mm-hmm. or Henry Street Festival and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She'll go to a lot of them and do the same thing. A lot of the things don't really pertain to what she does, but it puts her in front of a lot of people so at the same time. Exposure. And she said that, you know, just doing that, I think she started doing it at, I want to say she started doing it at the Salem Fair in the beginning. And then every time there was a big event coming up, she was there. You know, and that that's a that's a really good idea because I don't just sew and design clothes, I also paint. Right. And um along with the sewing, one of the other things I would like to do with the Vixen brand is create home decorations like sell pillowcases and right. flat sheets and comforters. Stuff that people use. Right. <laughs> With the Vixen label on it, with my spin on it. So that could certainly work for events like that. Even if, you know, I just had pieces of clothes that I designed, but I could also have home decor there as well and have some paintings in the booth. So you could kind of get a variety of Vixen. And you broaden who you're, you know, who you're attracting to it. Yeah. Um, I would have said that one... Well, the event that's going to come up, I think, Saturday, which is the Reggae Fest, mm-hmm. um, that would be, and the person I'm thinking of, I'm almost willing to bet she's going to be there. But uh, that that type of crowd, that type of vibe, I would think would be a really good place for um, fashion that's not the straight and narrow fashion, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. To me, that would be a good crowd to put that in front of because they most of those people are going to understand, all right, I like that. Number mm-hmm. one is different than Most. everything else. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that might be a, a, a good thing to look at just doing, you know. Oh, I'm going to. I just never thought about it. <laughs> so you're, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff because you, you know, in my mind, I just create. And the people who are closest to me or the person who's starting to do my marketing, they're starting to put it out there. I never think about it on terms of that. You know, it's always, okay, I made that gown, but you know what? There's this silk pair of pants I want to make. And I just go to the next thing. I don't think about, well, how do I market this? Or how do I get this out in front of people? Right. It's you know, my gift or my talent is just creating those pieces. But in order to really turn a profit from it, I do need to think about the business side. To do it you well. approach like smaller 
when I say smaller store, like I really mean the locally owned um, clothing stores and stuff like I that. I did that. With, I don't want to say with, any of their right, names. I did that with two. I made the attempt, and whereas they appeared to be happy for me mm-hmm. and set up a time for me to come talk with them. It never came to fruition for one reason or another. They canceled or something came up. They never got back around. I called, called, called. And then I thought, okay, I don't, I can market my own stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just because I got turned down by those two or that never materialized into anything. I won't say I shied away from that. I just went in a different direction and kept going and thought, you know what? I'll open my own store. And then I don't have to try to get my products out in front of the public in someone else's store. So that's a, a, a current venture that I'm working on now, looking for a space to have a boutique to sell those one-of-a-kind pieces. Right. Wait, don't you have a men's line too? I am working on a men's line. I just had that registered, that name registered, which is Venom. So it'll be Vixen and Venom. Okay. And the first two pieces of the men's line will walk the runway at Danville Fashion Week on November 13th. All right. Yeah. So I've been playing around with that for a while. And this past summer, I put it out there that I needed a couple of guinea pigs to sort sort of fine tune. Because making menswear is different from women's wear obviously Mm -hmm. and i haven't quite built up enough confidence to just say hey but i have enough to say i'm gonna give you a sneak peek of of what i'm working on we know you have the talent to do it (laughs) so no reason not to. well it's 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 in the making i'm working on a few pieces currently i have what about three weeks and you'll see what i've been up to well, knowing this stuff, first of all, I'm going to make you promise on air that in a few weeks or whatever that you'll come back. Because I know just from the conversation we had before we start recording, there's, there's a lot there. Yeah. And that's the people that I like talking to. Because some of your experiences, like we're talking about a lot like some of mine, mm-hmm. which makes it interesting to me. Yeah. But it also sounds like there's a lot more that we don't know about. So I feel like right now we're we're literally scratching the surface right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a few things on the horizon. And I'm one of those people, I don't really like to talk about it until I have it right there in I front of you. you. Not because I don't think it's not going to happen, but then, you know, I'll have the inspiration for something and then... I'm easily distracted too, you know. In case you change it up or something. Well, like yeah, that. you know, you know, I might like it today and tomorrow. I'm like, uh, I thought that was the direction I was going in, and I don't really feel like that's going to work with the brand because it takes a long time to, to build a brand. I mean, right. I've been at this for about five years, and I feel like I really feel like this year has been the year where I'm starting to get noticed in all the five years. I feel like this year is when I'm starting to get the phone calls where people are reaching out, where people are actually buying products. And it took so much to stay motivated because 
you know, I think as humans, we want a, a quick turnaround. We, we, oh, yeah. we want that instant gratification. It's like, I made the shirt and buy it. Yes. <laughs> and nobody buys it. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to show it at the next fashion show because maybe the right person didn't see it at the last one. I showed it at the next fashion show and they, I don't get a bite. I will walk a piece max three times total three times. And if I don't get a hit from that, it's okay. Because I know at some point it will sell. That is why I really feel like a boutique would really sell my products a lot quicker than just online. I think that would online. be a good idea. Yeah, than just being online. It's really hard for what I feel like I do. It's really hard for you to see the detail work and how unique that piece is just looking at it one dimensional online. But if you can actually feel it, touch it, try it on, then I think you would fall in love with the piece a lot quicker. Yeah. You're going to appreciate it more when you can be hands on with yeah. it. And how oh, I do like the way this fabric feels or moves this piece see. ain't real heavy. It's light. Like right. I can, yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, and that works well for like t-shirts when I, put my t-shirts out there because a t-shirt is i won't say a t-shirt is a t-shirt but you know you don't really have all these buttons zippers you know string pulls and snaps and all that you know a t-shirt is comfortable it's ready to wear it's right usually my pieces are you know i'm trying to make a statement <laughs> i need one of those pieces you know so and and really my designs come from or how I'm inspired is what would I wear if I had an event to go to? Right. So let's just say, you know, prom season is coming up. So I'm going to make gowns based on what I would wear to a prom. That's really who Vixen is. It's me. Right. Um, but I don't have all these events to go to. So I'm putting it out there as if I did. So people who think like me or who have the same, uh, design aesthetic they get it those are the people who buy it and a lot of times i get people say i'm goth i'm not goth i'm not anything i don't like labels i don't like being put in a box but i realize that's how people understand right you know where you're coming from a lot of my pieces are dark i do love the leather i love leather 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 lace i like contrast like hard contrast so you'll have black but then i like the stark white with it or red and white and I tend to fall in line with black white and red those are the vixen colors but again for this fashion show coming up on November the 13th I jumped outside the box and I went with some different colors okay so that in itself has me thinking on a whole nother level of creativity that I didn't do before because you know if if I almost always do leather then there's just a certain thing that I'm going to do with that leather. But now I'm thinking, well, leather comes in many colors anyway. So I sure. pulled out some white leather, <laughs> leather nonetheless, but different colors like blues. So you'll see blues and with the men's line coming out, you know, I wanted to do something different. I want people to see that Vixen is evolving. And with the Venom line coming out underneath Vixen, I want to try to pull in a, another audience of men, you know, and, and it'll start out with a few pieces at first. And like I said, until I, I'm working on it, working on fine tuning it, but I'm definitely going to put it out there. I'm sure it'll be impressive. I'm excited about it. 
I, I, I think that, like you said, the more different groups of people you put it in front of, the more successful it's going to be. I don't think I, and I, I feel like this about this podcast and about most things. I don't think targeting a specific group of people as a business is a good idea. Right. Um, I mean, it can be, obviously it does work, but when you're trying to build something, you want that to be in front of as many people right. as possible. And you're right. I mean, it would be different if, you know, the business had to do with snorkeling, obviously. Right. Then you're focusing yeah. on one right. group. But, and I don't, I don't like to put myself in a box and I definitely dislike when others try to put me in a box. I like to think of myself as a free spirit. So I'm open to all types of ideas, all types of, you know, directions, designs, you know, art, anything like that. And anything inspires me. So it's not just, oh, you know, I made this piece because I was feeling very sensual. That's mm -hmm. not how those, how those pieces come to be. But a lot of times I will get advice or different requests just from random people that will say, you know what, I liked you know, that gown you made, what would that look like if it were strapless? Right. And I'm like, oh. That's a good idea. Right. <laughs> and so then I'll go do that. So all these all these ideas aren't my, just my idea. It's a combination of just talking to other people. Yeah, you and pull from feet. other people exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, and I welcome that because um, most times people see your work differently than you see it. Right. You know, and I could create a pair of pants and think a pair of joggers and be like, oh, this is what these pants, this is the type of event you should wear these pants to. But then you see somebody out here wearing it and they put a hoodie with it and something else. And it's like, I didn't think of that. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. So where, for people listening, where can someone go to see what Vic's offer as far as designs and stuff. Right now, obviously a fashion show. And I always post those months in advance or the moment that I know I'm doing it. But avixen.com, A-V-I-X-X-E-N.com. That is the online store where you can see pieces that are up for sale. And I'm still adding, okay. especially pieces from past fashion shows. So what you see today, a week from now, there will be more product out there because I'm still adding. But, and then, you know, a lot of times people just hit me up on Facebook, you know, or Instagram and ask about a piece and I can sell it to you that way as well. And I'm sure it's, it'll pick up more. And I'm going to take this much credit. No, <laughs> well, you definitely can. I mean, you're giving me the exposure that I wouldn't otherwise have. You know, like I say, I tend to get into my little bubble and I'm there unless I hear from somebody who says, hey, you know, we'd like to invite you to do this or April, did you think about this? And then I'll come out of my bubble to, to do that one thing <laughs> and grab my marketing person and be like, hey. You know, oh, yeah. pay attention to We're this supposed right to do here. This. <laughs> yeah, and and really, I'm grateful for this person because they have um, started pushing me in a direction that, like I said, I've just gotten comfortable just creating, creating, 
and they are pushing me to think about the brand on a grander scale than what I have. Right. So initially, yes, it was me trying to build the brand, but now I'm starting to add other people and bring them in as a part of the Vixen team, and they are just expanding it. And I'm grateful for that. I'm excited about it because they see Vixen a lot differently than I do. I mean, they know what my vision is for the brand, but the way that they put their spin on it is like, oh, wow. So, you know, now I'm thinking about it on a grander scale than I ever did before. Well, definitely over the past, I'm going to say past year and a half, uh, at least on Facebook and stuff, I can see the progression just from what I remember seeing at first and mm-hmm. just seeing how things are kind of moving along. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you. I'll see you. You got it's a little bit more fast. going on. It is happening fast. You know, you think no one is paying attention. You think no one is watching because you don't hear anybody say anything or you don't hear from anybody. And then all of a sudden out the blue, you get this phone call mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm sorry, where are you calling from again? And it's someone in South Carolina or like I said, the furthest was Hawaii, and I was just like, wow, how did you hear about me? But that person that's marketing, they are, oh, my gosh. they yeah, on they, top of Yes, it. yes, and I, I'm so grateful to them, but also just to the people who assisted me backstage, the people who helped me get the models dressed. You know, over the next year, I'm really going to start building a team because it's at the point now where I just can't show up with my 10 pieces and get the models dressed. My pieces are becoming more complex. You know, it's not just a dress. This dress now has a jacket with it. It now has accessories because I make accessories too, like earrings and all of that. And so I now need a team to help me keep up with that stuff. Right. And it's a labor of love. And I'm so excited about the direction that it's going in. And I'm so excited about the people who are being just put in my path to help me take it to the next level. I'm like you, I've seen a quick growth over the past year and a half. Well, a good indication that you're getting better and better or doing better and better is the fact that you are having to add people. Yeah. Because that means you went from, I can do it all myself to, well, Things are moving along kind of quickly. I got to bring in somebody else to get this part done so yeah, I can keep on Yeah, and I'll this. tell you, I mean, it's, it's not easy letting go because, you know, for so long yeah. I've controlled this whole thing and now it's like someone else has a password yeah, to put this out there and I don't know what... got to hand something yeah. over to somebody else like, and trust them. I don't know what she's, what she's going to put out there. Um, can I see what you're working? They're like, no, just, you know. So, just gone somewhere. Yeah, stop <laughs> trying to be a control freak and just let me do what I do. And so... Letting go has been a little hard, but what they're doing is more than I could have accomplished on my own. So it's a good thing. And in order for it to grow, I'm going to have to allow other people to come in and put their spin on it, you know, with the vision as the, you know, as the root, but to put their spin on it and to get it out there because you know, I know who I know, but these people know who they know. Right. And they know, you know, and it just keeps growing. So I'm super excited and just grateful, just thankful and grateful for it all. Well, there's a lot of us this, like I said, following that success and seeing it. So I'm going to make you promise that you'll come back and we can talk about Vixen. 
or we can talk about anything you want to. Well, we're going to be able to add venom to that. Oh yeah, when well, we come back. I, I'm like you just said. I'm trying not to put it out there too much. Well, you know, I've already but, announced that I'm gonna, you know, present that 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 portion of Vixen at this next fashion show. Y'all and, just remember where y'all heard that. Same. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about it, and I want to bring a fresh approach to menswear. You know, for me, what I typically see, you know, hoodies you know, sportswear, whatever. But when men get dressed up, they want to get dressed up too, Right. you know? And then you do have that kind of in-between, that casual and that dressy kind of... Mix. Shade of gray. That's where Venom falls, in between That's that. What's up. Yeah, so I'll tell you that much, and then, you know, I'll wait for the feedback. <laughs> well, and you said that the next show where you're presenting Venom is the it's, one in, it's in November? Mm-hmm. It's in Danville. It's... um. Danville Fashion Week on November the 13th. Okay. And you can purchase tickets up until November 1st. And I will post that out on Facebook and out on Instagram. Okay. So after that show, mm-hmm. after after you premiere Venom, mm-hmm. guess who you're going to hear from? <laughs> I will be right back to talk about it. I want you to. Because you. like I told everybody, not only do I enjoy doing this, but... If I can help in a way, whatever way that is, then I also want to do that too. Yeah, I but that. I also, like I said, if I enjoy talking to somebody, then that's that's the people that I really want to be able to either have some helpful input or whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm gonna make you promise that promise at least I, after that show you'll come swear, back. I'll do all of that. Okay. <laughs> and then one more time, let people know what the website is to be able to see your designs and stuff currently. Okay, so if you want to purchase the designs, you can go to avixen.com, A-V-I-X-X-E-N.com. I'm also on Facebook under April Vi, last name V-I-A, or on Instagram. I have two Instagram accounts. One is my official account, which is um, Vixen by April. And then I have another one that's Avixen, A-Y-V-I-X-X-E-N. Either way, you can reach me on all three of those forms of social media. All right. And I'm going to ask y'all to do me a favor. If you holler at April for one of her designs or something, let her know where you heard about her. That way, I can know or at least have an idea who I'm reaching with what I'm doing and know that I'm able to help somehow. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So, having said all that, I won't hold you any longer. I'd like to, but I won't. And y'all know how to get in touch with me if you want merch or whatever. It's afaicpod at gmail.com. And if you have comments, you got questions, you want to come on, you got something you want to talk about, you know how to find me. And for the beautiful Miss April... We we'll holler at you. Peace. Bye. As far as I'm concerned, this shit is over. <laughs>